Hello, listeners. Welcome to the next session. An advice podcast for game masters seeking help with their next game session. Uh, I'm Adam Johns. And I'm Alyssa Johns. And I have the great pleasure of introducing our very first guest, uh, Greg Barrett. Hi, Greg. Greg Barrett! (laughs) Hello! Hello! It's so good to be here. Thank you both for inviting me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, You're our first guest, and we're hoping to have more guests in the future. Um, But you're the very first one. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I've been uh, playing uh, role-playing games for for many years now. Uh, I've been a DM primarily during that time. I know, I know you through theater uh, first and foremost, um, and in the last seven years, I've been uh, working down in Portland, uh, running a uh, a LARP program uh, through a summer camp. And um, since COVID hit, that's kind of transformed into a digital DM, a digital dungeon master kind of position that I've been. Uh, spearheading it's been a lot of fun um but yeah that's me I li- that's, that's awesome i like the idea that you're a ddm digital dm that should be its own yeah that should be its own title it should be greg barrett ddm yeah there you go <laughs> common the commonly known title yeah. yes yeah. A, the, the digital dungeon master well yeah. i mean adam you have all these letters after your name and i don't know lm greg i think you gotta add these after your after your name i guess so greg barrett comma ddm yeah yeah all right this is totally off I'm printing. I'm printing up the uh, the business cards now. Yeah, perfect. This is totally <laughs> off topic, but I just found out that you can um, buy a cubic foot of land in Scotland, and uh, because of an old uh, law, if you own any land in Scotland, you can be a lord or a lady, and so you can, <laughs> you can donate essentially a cubic foot of land to a like a nature pres- preservation. So you you're not allowed to build or or do anything right. with this cubic little cubic foot of land but you own it and then you can become a lord or lady so you could be lord gregory barrett ddm that's i mean that's pretty great and you can I mean, also I, I look i was i was adrift in the sea of life until <laughs> i now have a goal you clear purpose clear purpose thank you Alyssa. it makes a pretty good um christmas present i'm uh, we might be gifting it to all of our family <laughs> yeah. members so we can oh, all be lords very, and ladies. Very, oh my very goodness. Possible. Oh my goodness. That's the, wonderful. The whole pitch is that you get better service on airlines because you can put, you know, Lady Johns. <laughs> Lord and Lady Johns. <laughs> I was like, can't oh. you just do that? You don't like are they gonna uh, check? Apparently not. Although you can add Esquire after your name. You don't really need anything to do. Oh, that. Ooh, yeah. that's a, a lot of attorneys. Any, anyone can be an anyone can be an Esquire. Huh? Yeah, you can just Isn't that a magazine? Esquire. Do you just hold that magazine? You could you could. I believe then you get to own the magazine. Yes. <laughs> what whoever the most That's recent the Esquire. Oh man. Esquire magazine hates this one little trick. <laughs> <laughs> the one secret Esquire magazine doesn't want you to know. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, well I wonderful. You answered all of my um questions about you, but I, I did want to ask, um, do you have a favorite character or moment in a game that you wanna you wanna tell us about or highlight? Oh, okay. Uh well let's see here. Um I have uh a a, a, a a PC that I've I've played on and off uh, that is near and dear to my heart is a 
dwarf rogue who is named Gav Chasmcross. Uh, oh, that's, epic. that's a spectacular name. <laughs> but uh, but but in the in the in the uh, underworld, he's known as Dirty Paws. Dirty Paws. Dirty Paws, and he's he's just like straight up thief and burglar, and uh, his whole thing is when he's not uh, uh, delving dungeons, um, he's he's a well known um, he's a well known uh, locksmith, and he works for uh, the art, an artisan's guild of, of locksmiths, and uh, uh, he, he's kind of like a, a medieval white hat hacker. He'll he'll break into um, the vaults of the wealthy and well-to-do in the city, and leave his calling card, being like, you know, you need a better security system. Otherwise, someone else other than me could have st- stolen your oh, antique oh. Uh, necklace. You yeah. can find it here. Come yeah. talk. Oh, I love that. That's, That's great. so fun. Uh, well, so. Is the is the con card just like a business card, or do you have like a like a little item you leave behind or something like that? Oh, like the knife. you know, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I. I had always envisioned it was just like a, a brass like stamped card that had the address of the um uh, of the guild hall of the of the locksmith's guild hall and uh um but yeah uh no 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 token or anything he's he's pretty he's a dwarf so he's like no I want your business so you know come up here but that's that's why he goes and seeks out dungeons and stuff to find more uh dangerous traps and more complex traps uh but can't build a better security system unless you exactly have a way yeah, you gotta hone your skills yeah exactly he uh he he patented a uh basically a a um uh, a specific uh, uh glyph uh you know stone of warding uh with the mind spike um spell uh on it oh, um, I like it. and uh, and he calls it uh, the the deadbolt because yeah. if you you if you know a, a, a typical thief that tries to open something and uh, the mind spike spell is cast on him, uh, it's it's basically going to kill just about any you know commoner or or low level thiefy type person. So nice. Um, anyway, in D anD D, that's totally acceptable. <laughs> in the in the world of D anD D, I can I look. I have a vault, and I need to protect it. I have all these deadly booby traps that are in the exactly, way of my right, vault. Right. Well, this one sets you, know, you on were fire. And <laughs> yeah, very good. Your fault for triggering my trap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. protecting my property. Um, yeah, I guess um, with with some of the uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, uh, some of the games that I play uh, with for for the kids that I work with, because uh, my, my, my job is, is running a, a medieval fantasy world, uh, kind of a, a quasi D and D system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, there's a, there's an NPC that I love bringing out named chicken, the goblin and chicken, <laughs> chicken has a taxidermy chicken on his head. That's why he calls himself chicken, but he's kind of like chaos Elmo. Chaos Elmo. Yeah, he speaks in third person. Um, He doesn't learn from his mistakes. He's usually the reason why the kids go on an adventure because he's like, you know, look, it's not Chicken's fault, okay? (laughs) I was just here and there was a big shiny button and what was Chicken gonna do? Not press it? I don't think so. 
So, oh my gosh. How do you make how do you handle doing that voice constantly? <laughs> I drink a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's uh, fantastic. Oh, and but, also yeah. like we're dealing with potty training uh, with our daughter right now, and she has an mm-hmm. Elmo potty book. And uh, now I'm always going to read Elmo's voice. <laughs> but, yeah, but he's really great because he, um, uh, <laughs> something I found, especially with, with like, you know, like eight to 11 year olds, like it, what I love to do with chicken is he claims responsibility. Like, He'll get in trouble. They'll fight a big monster. And then maybe like after the fight's over, he'll run over and like kick the body of the thing or, or, or whatever. Or he might, he might heal somebody like who was, who was hurt and like do a little bit of help, but then he'll be like, chicken save the day. <laughs> I'll save the chicken. Oh you didn't do this chicken. We oh save the day. Like, nope, chicken learned nothing. <laughs> and, you know, runs away. And they're like, oh, chicken. So he, uh, take, taking credit for their for their success as this little chaos goblin is really silly and funny and great. they they love they love him and hate him so yeah like they so love to fun. hate him it, it, it sounds like yeah. like the impulse that that some of these players might have um and you are taking that impulse and, and channeling it into chicken so that they <laughs> yeah. don't have to go run and push the shiny button because chicken ran and pushed the shiny <laughs> yeah, button. It'll take care of that role. <laughs> oh, it's wow. Well, like chicken learned nothing. <laughs> chicken learned nothing. <laughs> um, well, we could talk to you all day, but we have some questions. We, we need your help, Greg. We need, we oh, need yes. other people need our help. Uh, so, other people need need some some advice and some some help. I'm I'm happy to 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 provide whatever I whatever help I can. To... All right. So next session help. This first question comes from a harsh millennium. so they say the first session went well but need your help with npc i ran the first session for a new online group and it went very well the first npc they have spent some time with they are currently super suspicious of him as D players typically are they now expect him to betray them. I've written the NPC as being a bit shifty and having several secrets, as well as not wanting to spill his trade secrets to a band of mercenaries he's just hired. He's rounded with a personality, but the players just think it's all about them. I don't want the NPC to betray the party. I want them to get that there's more going on with him, but not that they are in danger. I've got visions of them turning murder hobo. Any ideas on how I could try and do this? Um, that's pretty good. That's very interesting. I definitely have had lots of players turn on, <laughs> turn on an NPC, like immediately thinking they're mm-hmm. suspicious. Although sometimes mm-hmm. it, it is very satisfying to just let them, let that be the bad guy and let the players be right. I uh, guess so. That, that can be really fun. Obviously this, this, you know, Harsh Millennium doesn't want to do that, but, <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes just like saying yes to whatever it is the player's they, they go, I think this guy's the bad guy. And you go, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just throw all these pages away. You saw, <laughs> through, my, you saw through my clever ruse. Good, yeah. good job. Good player. job on you. And then you save your real bad guy for it later. Right. You just, yeah, it's back pocket. Bad person, bad <laughs> evil thing. But, but if, you don't, if you don't want him to be the bad guy, um, what about having the... 
bad guy strike at your shifty NPC first. Before yeah, that was going to be that. That was that was my first impression. Was like, oh, just kill him. Have someone else kill him. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no other players have, to kill him. <laughs> have yeah, don't have the players kill him. Have have some some you know lieutenant or or you know bad guy that's that's adjacent to the real big bad strike him down. And, bad guy uh, adjacent. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and. F- create it in such a way that maybe there's like a cleric or someone on hand that can like bring them back uh if if you don't want to just like you just know dump this, this yeah dump this npc but uh having if if the if the players heal him well now they're now they're invested you know they used us they used a spell to to bring him back and and maybe maybe they'll reconsider that like oh oh we th- we thought you were the bad guy, but uh, if other people are trying to kill you, you know, kind of an enemy of my enemy is my friend mentality. Right. Uh, I I, th- I think that works re- tends to work really well in my games where um, they immediately discard the person as a bad guy if they've if they've been clearly attacked and and e- even just injured, even if they aren't dead, mm-hmm. but they're they're just badly injured and the players have to heal them. But that works to your advantage because then you could, oh, it yeah. was him the whole time. I have absolutely done that too. <laughs> he was pretending to get attacked. Yeah. By he himself. hired those guys to attack it yeah. and injure mm-hmm. it. <laughs> With the hopes that you... And, and, that, and, and that could very well be where your players go. Uh, harsh. Uh, it might be that they're like, oh my gosh, it's wheels within wheels. He clearly <laughs> hired them. Yeah. <laughs> Like and I've uh, I've definitely had players fall deep down the conspiracy hole while trying. Oh to, yeah, <laughs> like especially when I have not intended it. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, there's you know, here's the friendly shopkeep, and the friendly shopkeep goes, oh yeah, there's a there's a, a big big bad guy over there, um, uh, mal bad mal bad. <laughs> it's a big bad guy, and they'll be like, "I think you're mal bad. <laughs> you're you're secretly the big bad guy." Well, and Harsh Millennium does say, "I have visions of them turning murder hobo." I mean, that's that's how that starts. You go, "Wait a minute, yeah. everyone's the bad guy. Kill, 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 kill." Yeah, that's pretty true. Uh, uh, would also be pretty fun to say yes to. Yes, yeah. also uh, the bad guy. <laughs> But oh. another another angle you could take it is um, to to set up a scenario like it doesn't have to be the the focus necessarily, but like perhaps they are traveling with this merchant or they they go through town and see him with like uh, with with their family or see them like at a you know a, I don't know donating surplus gear or something to uh an a, a orphanage or some sort of like some sort of uh 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 some sort of action that's like oh wow this you know maybe oh, yeah. maybe we got the wrong impression of this this uh, guy like the like he's an a-hole with a heart of gold yeah 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 you can even have him like sneak off in the middle of the night you know you wait you wake up and he has snuck off in the middle of the night and you follow him 
and then he's mm. he snuck off to give all of his excess gold to the local orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Buy like, them food and stuff. I mean, there. thank yeah, you, Sam. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not not lay that on so so thick, but but you could you could very easily have them uh, like have him set up to like being doing some sort of like shady deal and they break it up and it turns out that yeah that was a shady deal he was uh you know he was actually like he's part of a a kind of a a, a, a what's the word um uh, you know kind of well yeah like, like like maybe he's maybe he's helping transport refugees from a neighboring oh, yeah conflict and you've just like interrupted that and now uh the watch is on it's like oh no like he was actually yeah he's doing something you know ooh, underhand it's, like not underhand it's illegal but, baby like, but, illegal but it's clearly for quotes. the good yeah 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 that's, that's he's actually he's, he's actually batman he's making a deal to buy medicine for the kids right. the starving kids in the orphanage yeah <laughs> yeah 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 he's you know there, there's a he's you know a shipment of of healing potions fell off the back of a truck uh but he's he's purchasing them to uh to to help with a uh you know a a small plague that's uh breaking out in the in the uh uh poorest ward of the city or something like that this idea that you basically just need to make you need to flush out the character a little bit more and let the players see that that this is a good guy really highlight that yeah. this is a good guy that that's shifty is not his only dimension right yeah yeah and, and that you know they the, the uh harsh millennium said they had several secrets and, and don't want to spill trade secrets and stuff but but i think like you let the players be the clever ones who discovered mm. the the trade secrets or the, yeah. the things going on with this shifty character and then they they both feel like they've discovered his additional dimension and also you've gotten a chance to to show that this character is more than just shifty. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I like, I like that a lot. I, yeah. Well, harsh millennium. I hope that helps. And uh, let's move on to captain baseball. Oh yeah. Captain baseball. Captain baseball also has some problems with NPCs. So this is an NPC. Do you think captain baseball has his own baseball ship or is it just mm. captain of the baseball? I, captain I, I, of was baseball? In, I was, no, I was envisioning like, like a, a superhero with um oh yeah with like baseball themed powers so yeah. like yeah is that just know. Casey Jones from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> well Casey, Casey, Casey Jones that's, well, that's well Casey Jones well Casey Jones is hockey he's golf he's baseball he had a cricket bat like he had a cricket bat he did yeah. I don't know where he got that cricket bat because uh. I don't know where to procure a cricket bat <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean they were in they were in New York, and you can get just about anything in New York, I've heard. So. That's pretty true. Play, I'm it, a, play it against Sports I always, UK. I always imagine that Casey Jones worked at a play against sports, actually. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. That's he, where he acquires all of his used, used equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, Captain Baseball says uh, they're running a game for two players. What do you think the best way is to deal with sidekicks and NPCs to fill out the party? I am preparing to DM a 5e campaign for two players, and I'm trying to decide how to handle filling out their party because they'll need a bit of help. As I see it, I have a couple of choices. I can A, let them use hirelings or sidekicks and let them control those hirelings and sidekicks. 
uh, B, I can create an NPC or two. Uh, the live players control the NPCs combat actions, but I role play, uh, role play the NPCs. Uh, C, I create the NPCs and solely run them. Are there other alternatives? I obviously have no plan for the NPCs to become any sort of focus for the adventure. That's for the live players. Any and all suggestions would be greatly appreciated. So I'm, I've run games with just two players that run just fine. Um, I, don't, I don't actually think that you need NPCs to fill out the, the party necessarily. But I will say one of the things that I, I find when I run a game with two players is the personalities of the players need an extra personality to play off of. Um, and that can be me as a game master. I can, I can you know, continue to add stuff into the world to give them extra personalities to play off of. That doesn't need to be a consistent NPC. Um, right. but, but that's sort of where players at the table need to have sort of the, those extra interactions to have and, and in character as their, as their characters need to build those extra interactions. Or at least I find that's really helpful. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that um, if you are going to be running a game with two players, which, which I've, I've done also, it, it's your job as the DM to like really look at how you're crafting the scenes that they are going up against and their combats and just make sure that you're not throwing them into a situation that they're going to get overwhelmed. Uh, and in that respect in that regard um i i understand like the concern for like oh well I, we should have like not a healer in the party or whatever like mm -hmm. that's i don't think that's necessary um if you are like okay so we got two people so instead of having you know four goblins uh we'll just have uh two or well, i'll have four goblins but i'm gonna have all their hit points right uh, yeah, you definitely need to mechanically be really mindful about how you're you're adjusting the game, right? For mm -hmm. for fitting in with just two players. Well, yeah. maybe instead of having NPCs that go with them and and can fill out those other roles, maybe they have like a home base, like a town they can come back to, or you know, a tavern or a something that has their friend the healer and has their friend whoever, who can send them out on missions and they can come back and re recoup and regroup. and Yeah, or yeah, that, that's, that's a very good point, Alyssa. Uh, 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 or, or, you know, maybe they're part of an organization that has many, like, locales uh, around. So they, they know that, oh, well, we're going to go to, uh, you know, uh, this this Emerald Enclave uh, location or, or, you know, the... Yeah. Um, Sure, like uh, a or, the, or like a Harper's a Harper's safe house. Yeah, yeah. or, or, or like a secret society that's just got like a chapter in every. Yeah, like the Eagles clubs or, or Lion clubs or or you know a sorority. Or the White Lotus. Kappa Kappa Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> They're part of Kappa Kappa Kappa. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> Kappa Kappa Beta would be better. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it totally be part of the like KKK. No, sorority. Yeah, that's Um yeah, or or like the White Lotus. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a perfect example. So. Well, and then even if it is if it is some sort of organization, they could say like, "Hey, we're going on this big mission. We could use an extra person. Hey, can you send an underling or an intern or, you know, suddenly it's acquisitions incorporated. Like, hey, oh, yeah. send us an intern. <laughs> we got a whole organization yeah. built in. Right. 
Uh, out, out of the three options that that uh, the, the writer Baseball. provided, that Captain Baseball uh, suggested, I would I would personally go with C, making making a, a character, and that way I can have them come and go, um, or or have multiple ones. Like, you know, very rarely are adventurers in a vacuum. So, like for example, if they are uh i i had a i have a group of two uh that i'm running and uh in one of their first adventures you know there were caravans disappearing on the road and so they went out to see what was going on to to travel and uh they wound up coming across a a, a gnomish merchant with his sea lion kin bodyguard and they had a, a broken wheel wagon wheel and so and then the sun went down and monsters attacked them. And so I had those two as NPCs and I had the sea lion kin bodyguard be like a, a fighter and, um, and, and the, uh, the other one be kind of a, a rogue because yeah. uh, the, the, the group I was playing with had two druids. They, they both wanted to be druids. So like they had some healing spells, they had the magic they needed they needed a meat wall and and kind of uh, some some ranged support. So I was like, okay, well, for this fight, these guys will be here. And they got to, you know, and they became kind of invested with them. And after the fight, they were like, all right, we, we, we got to take you. We'll, we'll help escort you to where you want to go. And I said, all right, well, if you ever find your way in uh, into this town, you know, chat, look us up. And I made a note like, okay, these two NPCs are in this city now. So if they go back there, or if they go to that city now, they uh, there's a there's a, a a fighter and a rogue that yeah. can help them out. Well, and uh, there's reason to go out. back because you can yeah. you can have word reach the players that fighter has taken ill or or they yeah. need your help, and suddenly you have a a side quest that they can go exactly. do if you need to fill out a session. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think so, that's a great idea. Yeah. So having having a having small pepper pepper npcs that can help your characters uh, help your players in the moment um and have them be big personalities that they will either get attached to or be like oh i hate that guy but man you know like have have a have a real cantankerous cleric or something ah like, oh, he <laughs> yeah. healed me but he was such a jerk <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I also like really, I like having an NPC that is just really in, incompetent um, <laughs> yeah. as, as like a tag along for, for the players. A um, jockster the mighty? Yeah, we, we often, uh, in, in Game to Grow groups, we often call it a Ricky character, uh, which is oh. a character that, that is just super incompetent, but loves the players, uh, mm -hmm. loves the players' characters and, and really appreciates everything they do. Um, and I, I love doing that kind of NPC where and it's it's honestly not too not too dissimilar from like chicken, right? Um, yeah. Where it's a, a just an opportunity to mix things up a little bit, and and uh, and it's a character that will never really steal the spotlight from from the players. Um, yeah. I, I've I've had NPCs. I've had game masters before who have their own NPCs like finish the fight uh, or deal the yeah. big blow against the big bad guy. And that's so frustrating as a as a yeah. player to to watch mm -hmm. the game master basically like doing the fight on their own or the Deus yeah. Ex Machina of like oh another 
an NPC comes in and is way more powerful than you and destroys the big dragon that you were fighting because you couldn't possibly do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, that's, that's a, that feels like a, a bait and switch. And it's, it's never, very, very rarely is it useful. Yeah. Um, or, or, or does it feel, well, useful is not the right term. Sure, it's useful, but very rarely is it rewarding yeah. to your players. Um, but, uh, but yeah, having a, a Ricky character or like, I, I have, I have one like that in one of my other games. Uh, one of the kids made a, um, a robotic crow named Clark and I mm. voiced Clark. Uh, I voiced Clark. I basically used the same voice as, uh, as Nepter from Adventure Time. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but Clark is super, super literal. So like the kid will be, the, the kid will like ask a question and uh, Clark, uh, as Clark, I'll, I'll just ask him a question back like for clarification because <laughs> I, I, you know, I took him absolutely literally or what have you. It's, it's pretty fun. But yeah. um, it, it yeah. It's a fun dynamic that way, right? Like now you now you have this extra role play interaction, but like Clark never, you know, uh, uh, flies in and solves the puzzle for the players when they when they can't figure no. it out. No, it's just a fun the, the role play mechanic. The characters that came to mind when you were talking about um, a, a, an NPC that loves the players but are, are very kind of dimwitted. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that popped into my mind was from the movie uh, Monsters Inc. The two characters going, quiet, you're going to you, make him lose you focus. Idiot. Oh, God. <laughs> you're going to mess it all up. You're going to mess it all up. Shh, yeah. Be quiet, dude. Yeah, yeah just this, the idea that there are these characters who who are, they're like their they're biggest fans. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, man, these guys are awesome, you know, but they're still there and they're they're participating, even if it's if it's just being silly and goofy. That actually sounds super fun to play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want them in in every campaign now <laughs> cool so uh my la my last bit of advice i think for uh for for old, old captain baseball uh captain would, baseball. would be uh to to not be afraid to have the monsters that uh their players are fighting uh have more um uh, uh self what was like uh preservation self-preservation thank you yeah um, so have, 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 a you know, a group of five monsters show up and, and after the first round, if the players take out like two of them, uh, or, or something like that, like, whoa, they, they take off. The rest of them are like, whoa, these guys are stronger than we thought. We're going to bounce. Um, yeah. And that can also make your, make your players feel pretty, pretty awesome, pretty powerful. And, and is a good way to, to sort of rebalance a fight if you're, if you're noticing mm -hmm. one of these, these, uh these enemies are maybe a little too much for my two players to handle. Um, yeah. I can make them run away so that they're, the players feel victorious. And at the same time, um, the, uh, <laughs> I don't have to worry about the enemies accidentally killing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great suggestion. All right. Well, I hope, uh, Captain Baseball, I hope that helps. Um, and, uh, Cap. Cap. Cappy. <laughs> Cappy base, cappy balls. No, no. <laughs> I'm full of it today. Yeah, boy. I am. I, it's early. Um, so normally we would uh, we would take a break here and then um, 
and go on to ask a GM and use that spell. But I'm wondering, should we, uh, should we offer Greg, Greg to- Greg, you want to stick around and help us with- uh... I, I would love to. Thank you so much. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so this is ask a GM, um, more uh, uh, general question, I guess. It, it's, it's, it's pretty much another question. Usually these are, these are more general. They're more mechanical questions. Yeah, more or, mechanical. Um, that kind of thing. So this question comes from Inky0210 or Inky210 or Inky0210. We'll find out. Uh, so Inky asks, um, anti-magic field inside Mordekainen's magnificent mansion? There's a party going on inside of a magnificent mansion and someone is about to cast anti-magic field in the middle of it. How would you resolve this? That's a super oh. interesting question. So I had to I had to look it up. I did not know a magnificent the Mordenkainen's magnificent mansion. Yeah, I had no idea. So because it's a seventh level conjuration, I don't think I've ever mm -hmm. gotten anything up that high that I would have this as an option. Yeah, um, well, I mean, both of these spells are high level spells: anti magic fields and eighth level abjuration. And so, like, uh, uh, between the two of them, you're gonna the, we're talking about like high level play big <laughs> high level characters yeah uh, right for sure yeah yeah this it, it's it kind of sounds like um rock meets a hard place you know like mm -hmm. um, sure. can i can i just say by the way it always seems strange to me that you use magic to cast an anti-magic field huh. yeah, yeah uh, i mean but what what would you what else would you use i don't know like a herb <laughs> plant it's just a plant that does this uh this uh, well you know i just rub just rub it on all the walls here yeah. <laughs> you know there, there's you you could potentially i guess like the flail snail has like a super magical shell that like does some spell reflection you oh my could. gosh flail snail armor yeah there you yeah go. i want to draw super, that super can you imagine like big curly swirls on your shoulder pads oh and... yeah that would look great. Oh man, it's like really colorful too. Right? Oh man, someone who's a better drawer than me should draw the flail snail armor set. Um, now I'm imagining it as a monster hunter set because oh, you, yeah, you play a lot of monster hunter. Absolutely, hunter, be a monster hunter set. So I had to look this up. I had to look up magnificent mansion. So for those who don't know, it's essentially like Lehman's tiny hut, but a mansion. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you conjure an extra dimensional dwelling in a range that lasts for the duration. Uh, blah de blah de blah. blah. Um, it's got a magnificent foyer with numerous chambers beyond. It's clean, fresh, and warm. There's servants. There's a staff of a hundred near transparent servants who attend to your needs. Like this is a fancy ass party. I want to go to this party. One of the really important pieces about the magnificent mansion is it's it's a pocket dimension, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you basically walk through a little doorway and then you're in a, a whole new place. Oh yeah, it's it doesn't, a portal. It doesn't take up, you know, a whole mansion's worth of space in the in the world that you're in. You're walking through a, a portal that takes Extra you to Extra dimensional place. space. So that that's where the anti-magic field piece yeah. becomes at, really complicated. At, at the end <laughs> of it, it says, when the spell ends, any creatures inside the extra-dimensional space are expelled into the open spaces nearest to the entrance. Right. So I'm looking at anti-magic field right now, and uh, it's a 10-foot radius sphere, and it, uh, you know, basically says this area is divorced from the magical energy that suffuses the multiverse. Within the sphere, spells can't be cast, summoned creatures disappear, and even magic items become 
mundane. Until the spell ends, the sphere moves with you, centered on you. And then it talks about how it affects various things. Areas of magic, spells, magic items, targeted effects. And then creatures and objects, which I would argue that Morden Kanan's uh, marvelous mansion or magnificent mansion is an object. You're creating this extra planner house, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it, it says a creature or object summoned or created by magic temporarily winks out of existence in the sphere. Such a creature instantly reappears once uh, the space the creature occupied is no longer within the sphere. And since it's creating a, uh, a, a, a pocket dimension, like if you were to create an anti-magic sphere uh, that suppresses that, and based off of what you just said on what happens after the spell ends, I would probably rule that it instantly shunts you out of the mansion. Because okay. all, you you and all the surroundings around you basically are no longer part of the, the yes. mansion effect. So right. you and I guess anything that wasn't created by the spell, so like any teammates or whatever that weren't right. created by the mansion spell would just get kicked out of the mansion. Yep. Anything that, that fits into the anti-magic field and basically just get, okay. you, you would basically go like, here's a big bubble and then you get kicked immediately out of the, the mansion space. Okay. That, I, I mean, that's how I'd rule it. The mansion space is bigger than the bubble, so wouldn't you just get kicked to the edges of the mansion and still be inside the mansion? Well, No, because the... because the bubble moves with you. Oh. As well. Uh, I, could, I could also see that you create sort of a collapsing cascading effect. Yeah, um, like I, I, kind of a, a bag of holding with a portable hole sort of situation. Sure, it, well, but yeah. it, it could also just be like, um, you know, you create this this sphere, and then the sphere winks everything out of existence inside of the sphere, and then everything else tries to move into the sphere to fill in the space that <laughs> the sphere winked out of existence. Oh, so then and it so just you, continues. You just to create collapse. sort of a black hole of collapsing, collapsing effect of this entire mansion. Yeah, I would, I would, I, another kind of more. So, so the way I'd rule it, like you, you just it just automatically kicks you out of the, the, uh, the, the mansion. Not very fun, but like, right. hey, if you're trapped in the mansion by like some evil spellcaster or something, oh, that's a pretty clever way to get out, right? Yeah, totally. Um, but something that would be kind of more fun, uh, uh, I would consider like, okay, this anti-magic field is like, basically you're pouring paint thinner on a completed picture. And so like anywhere that you move within that sphere, it's just like, it's like taking a, a, a smudged eraser to the, to the, the, the mansion and anything like that has been manifested in it and so it's just like uh it's pretty fun the servant tries like, to walk up to you with like a tray and he's like hello and sir like the yeah, exactly. <laughs> melt in front of you <laughs> right uh so that could that could be a fun way to play it also um although not quite so mechanic mechanical i think yeah, I think yeah, that's, right that's an interesting question, though. I, I think the mechanics of it would dictate that you would just you would just get pushed out. But I, I yeah. like the idea of, especially sort of looking at what goal is the player trying to get out of the, mm -hmm. the anti magic field here. Like, Chaos Elmo. 
Right. Is it just <laughs> is this just Chaos Emerald who's just trying to who's just trying to see what happens? In which case right. I, I might just say, Yeah, you get kicked out, you know, walk back in <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. I, um, I would I would maybe say that that point, like you get kicked out, like you could you could marry the two. Like you get kicked out and if you come back in, like that point that you cast a spell, everything's just like like a, a smudged and Warped. and out of focus and like uh made made s- smooth and and sure. featureless. <laughs> um I do like I do like that. Um I I could also see you know this is an opportunity to to create some some vast chaos that now you have to also deal with the consequences of. Um, yeah. So doing something like the the collapsing black hole idea, you mm-hmm. know, if if you're like in the middle of fighting some guys and you need to like rescue someone from here and you go, well, I'll, I'll create an anti-magic field. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and then you can play out like now you're, everybody is being sucked into yeah, this black hole of an anti-magic field. Um, mm-hmm. It's the clock to get the item that you wanted to get out of here. While right. Being collapsed inside or whatever. Yeah. You could, you could have like uh the first round, everybody moves. Everybody on the end of their turn slides five feet closer to the the uh, center of the anti magic field, and on the second round, they they slide ten feet uh, oh. towards it. And if they if they if they reach the the middle, then they just wink out, and you don't know where they go until like, uh, and maybe they get flung to a. a a, a, an outer plane or the astral sea or something like that that could be really entertaining sure. um this is like the end of jumanji yeah right oh, exactly yeah. Yeah. everything kind of gets pulled in it's and... totally the end of jumanji <laughs> yeah oh my god that's kind of how i imagine that wow <laughs> yeah now so, i just have well, the drums we... that do, 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 do in my head oh freaky <laughs> the freaky Jumanji drums. Yeah, okay, they do this, and then and and then you you go with it. You're like, okay, you you all get winked out. Uh, everything gets sucked in. You get winked out, and you don't know where you are. And you wake up, and uh, you're a kid again. Oh no, it's, oh. it's actual Jumanji. Oh no, <laughs> you're sitting there. You're sitting there with a board game in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I had no idea that casting anti-magic <laughs> shell inside of Morton Keaton's magnificent mansion would do such a thing. Uh, that'd be funny. That would be um, funny. Yeah. Conversely, uh, uh, you could have. Uh, I, I don't know if it were me, because uh, that sounds that sounds like a real cacophony. It would it would send you to pandemonium. Oh, that's yeah. where I would. That's that'd where I would. I've also always loved the idea that all the extra t- dimensional spaces are actually one plane of existence where it's just like, oh. it's the sky and it's just filled with bags <laughs> that are just sticking <laughs> out like a ceiling um, and they're just everywhere. It's like, so like everyone's bags of holding. Yeah. It's everybody's bags of holding, like all, all so you sticking go out into, of the walls and stuff. So you go into the, um, in the labyrinth when she gets yes, into the it's, like it's the junk, junk space the junk the space. Yeah. And there's a creature there 
that's covered in junk and going, rah, where's right. your teddy bear? So when you when you do this, it basically just tears a hole in the in the bag of the Mordenkind's mansion. Yeah. And, and then you yeah. just fall into junk space. Oh my god. There you go. Now it's, now it's actual Monsters Inc. because instead of doorways, you have bags of holding you could pop through. Oh yeah. Rip a hole in the bottom, go yeah. through, wait oh for them god. to open their bag, and then suddenly you're in another fight going, Hello? And they're like, How did you get in here? <laughs> this is a whole campaign in of itself. I know that sounds hilarious. Yeah. Uh, be really or uh, what was what was the name of um, the planet that Thor wound up on on oh, Thor yeah. Ragnarok? The, the, um, yeah, where the grandmaster was. Yeah, 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 the, no, junk, the, the junk, junk planet, planet right? Yeah. yeah. So it could it could also be like that, but with but with uh, uh, upside down bags of holding, like floating at different intervals, because uh, depending on how much stuff is in a bag of holding, and then like they're upside down. And like occasionally you'll see just a hand reach down and then magically whatever they're trying to get like rises up into their hand and they pull it out. Oh yeah. That that could be really a fun. Uh, So all the, all the bags of holding just all like are one place. Yeah. It's just, it's like a field. It's like (laughs) a field of hovering upside down bags of holding that like, correspond to the bags in the material plane yeah. and so, suddenly and you're the MacGyver. Just... You're like you have everything what do you make <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um i just looked it up uh sakar is the oh, name yeah. of the trash the car thank you yeah. you're thank welcome I didn't want some Jeff. listener to be like, you guys didn't know that it was Sakaar. It's one of my favorite Jeff Goldblum playing himself roles. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> um Okay, well, I hope we answered Inky O Two Ten's question and gave them a whole uh, field of things to work with. Greg, this has been awesome. It's been so oh, great to have you. you on our podcast. Yeah, this thanks. was this was an absolute delight. Thank you both for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being on. Um, and I guess we'll we'll head to commercial. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to say goodbye to Greg, and then we'll come back. We'll do use that spell and then say goodbye again. So it's a very quick. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you got to have a break in there somewhere. Awesome. Right. Thanks. Thanks again, Greg. Thank you so much. And we're back. And we're back. That was a great break. That was a great break. Um, we I, are. I appreciate the craft services table. Oh, you got you got craft services. Yeah, there's a whole table over there. Well, that's in that's in your dressing room. I didn't get anything in my dressing oh, room. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. That's in my contract. Oh man, I gotta take a look at my writer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in any case. <laughs> in any case. <laughs> We are back, and this is, uh, we only have one segment left, so kind of a, a weird episode, very front-loaded, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, if you come back from the break and join us, this is Use That Spell. Use That Spell. Um, so, this is a spell from Xanathar's Guide to Everything on page 163. Uh, this is called Negative Energy Flood. Oh. It's, you're just filling. You're just full, full of negative energy. Oh man, <laughs> uh, necromancy, cast, uh, level five, casting time, one action, range of sixty feet, verbal, 
and a broken bone and a square of black silk are the components. It's weird that it doesn't say material components. No, it just says verbal. But it clearly tells you some material components. Maybe they forgot the M. Maybe maybe just whatever you copied it from didn't have the M. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, duration, instantaneous. So here is what it is. You send ribbons of negative energy at one creature you can see within range. Unless the target is undead, it must make a constitution saving throw, taking 5d12 necrotic damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. A target killed by this damage rises up as a zombie at the start of your next turn. The zombie pursues whatever creature it can see that is closest to it. Statistics for the zombie are in the monster manual. If you target an undead with a spell, the target doesn't make a saving throw. Instead, roll 5d12. The target gains half the total as temporary hit points. Oh, so you could use this to make your zombie and then use it again on your zombie to make him more powerful. But it's not your zombie. It's a zombie. It doesn't make it a zombie that you get to control. It's oh. a zombie that attacks whatever <laughs> it can see. That includes you. That's that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so if you use this to kill somebody who's right next to you, then it just becomes a zombie of the same guy can that you starts attacking you. The, the guy, the, the, the person or creature dies and you go, run away. And they're like, <laughs> your whole party goes, why? And you're like, ah, and then it comes up as a zombie. That's pretty great. I like that a lot. I like that. I like this because this is the opportunity to to maybe have your your you can name your zombie. It could be like a, a like a hilarious zombie character. That, you you want like a pet zombie? Yeah, or maybe just you know, this is hey guys, this is this is Craig, the zombie. Um, he's you know he's he's a little bitey. Don't get too close. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I really like the idea of this of this turning into like more more role play with a zombie character, especially because this is a fifth level spell. Yeah. So, like, the statistics for a zombie in the Monster's Manual, I'm pretty sure, are like a CR1 or a CR half or something like that, without looking it up. Um, so, unless it's an undead version of the same thing you just killed, which is possible, but it doesn't say that. It says specifically use the statistics for zombie. I guess that's true. So, I I was imagining that if I killed a... Uh, what would I kill? Uh, a... Blink dog. Okay, I kill a blink dog. Aw. <laughs> you kill a displacer beast. Okay, displacer beast. That's much better. No dog killing. Um, kill a displacer beast and that it would be a zombie of a displacer beast. But you're right. It says the statistics for the zombie are in the monster manual. So does that mean like the displacer beast dies and out of it comes a, a humanoid zombie? According to this, yes. I probably wouldn't do that as a game master. I'd probably say, yeah, it's a displacer beast zombie. But it just has use, the stats of I would use the stats of a Right. Of a zombie. That would make more character. sense to me. Because then then it could be uh, a pet kind of a thing that you could You're right though that it, it clearly states that it, it doesn't it doesn't say you control it. No. It's just that it becomes a zombie and starts attacking. It pursues whatever creature it can see that is closest to it. I think there's another spell that allows you to, like, dominate an undead um, that you could also cast after this. So you could turn it into a zombie and then cast the other spell on your next turn to, like, now be in control of the zombie. Okay. Or, like, a magical collar. 
<laughs> sure, yeah. You're, you're magical. We are friends, not car. food. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a possibility. Yeah, I I like uh, I like the idea though. I especially like that um, this is quite a, quite a bit of damage. Well, and it's quite a lot of flavor. You send ribbons of necrotic energy, so it's wrapping up. It's wrapping up this creature Sailor Moon style and turning it into a zombie. Oh yeah, that's. I wonder if it if it could be like mummy like. Magic power, but it's it's zombie magic power. <laughs> so it's just a cutscene of of the guy like getting wrapped up and and all the ribbons coming like pew and all the all the uh, yeah, but it has to do the Sailor Moon dance. sparkle explosion. It does the little the, like twirl, and the little twirl and everything like that. The light it, goes up as like this regular person turns into a zombie version of themselves. There's a moment where you're like. I think you're naked, but you're not. (laughs) Getting away with it (laughs) since the 90s. Yeah, that's spectacular. I I, I like that a lot. This is a super interesting spell. I actually didn't know that this spell existed. I can't think of any really good creative uses for the spell. I guess maybe if there was someone far away, as a range of 60 feet, maybe there's somebody who's like up on a rampart and you need them to do something. And so you could kill them with this spell and then hope the zombie does whatever it is. That you... There you go. Like, like, I need you to push over a, a weight so the gate opens. Uh, kill the guy with the spell. And then, and then like, shout up at the zombie. <laughs> no, push the weight. Push the, push the weight. And the zombie's sort of wandering back it, and forth. If the zombie had any um, agency... I yeah, suppose. I yeah. I, in my head, it's just a mindless zombie who's just going to go after whoever's closest to it. So it wouldn't really do that. But if you dominated it, dominate undead along with it, then yeah, totally. I think the hilarity of the spell really comes in as you as you don't have any control over this zombie, but are trying to get it to do something. So like you. <laughs> you run up and it's going to go after whoever's closest. So you're going to like run up and then hide behind the boulder you want it to push. Yeah. Like, I'm over here. I'm over <laughs> come, here. come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> um i could see running a, a halloween um like one shot or halloween campaign where your evil character uses this a lot and not only to create lots of zombies but to uh heal them as well with the effect of using it on an undead to heal them oh sure um yeah. i could also see it kind of what isn't that movie halloween or one of the halloween movies where where there's someone pursuing them. That's every Halloween movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're getting at specifically. <laughs> I think the movie is called Halloween. Yeah. Um, and there's someone pursuing them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is the person, is they, are they chasing after them in some way? They're like and popping the, up in the and windows. And the other people are running away. <laughs> I see. I see what you're saying here. It is like every Halloween movie. Well, I was thinking that you unwittingly used the spell and didn't realize that it created a zombie, and so suddenly there's a zombie out in the world, and it's and it saw you first. Oh, sure. So now there's this zombie that is coming after you slowly. It's like that that old like, there's an evil snail and it's coming to get you, and it moves very slowly. What do you do? Right. You know, line my house with salt and go about my life. But but this is a zombie that's yeah. coming to get it's, it's a, it could be a thing. I, I, I think it's I think it's an interesting I think it's a super interesting idea. It would be fun to have this come up as like a random spell effect. Yeah. Like in, for like wild magic or something like that and have this this appear and then you're like, Whoa, I just did five D twelve damage and then you're like, Yep, but Oh no, he <laughs> died and now it's a zombie. <laughs> 
In that case, I would make the zombie a bit more powerful. Probably if it was a level five, if it was characters that could cast level five spells, certainly. I would want to... I mean, zombie's just not... That's sort of why the joke is like, yeah, 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 Carl. <laughs> leave, leave me alone. Carl. Carl, Carl I, don't bite me. Don't bite me, Carl. <laughs> well, with that, I think we've mostly covered this spell. I think we covered this spell a lot. Um, um, so I want to thank our, our special gre- guest, Greg, for this episode. Yes. Uh, if you are so inclined, you can follow Greg on Twitter. He is waxdustache, which is wax underscore duh underscore stash like wax in your mustache um greg has also uh, appeared on another podcast um called uh geek in the city uh helping uh to talk about a bunch of different character classes in, in dungeons and dragons on so- some of the episodes on that podcast so uh, totally give those a listen uh he does that along with um his wife Lindsay. yes the amazing Lindsay. um so totally give that a listen and uh, let them know we sent you. Um, so, as our as our regular sign off, we'd love to thank everybody who's listening. Uh, a reminder that you can totally contact us. You can send us your questions, and we will answer them on podcast. Uh, you can reach us by going to our website at nextsessionpodcast.com and submitting a question, uh, or you can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at the next session. Um, and you are, feel free to, uh, rate us five stars. Oh yeah. It, it actually does help, uh, get other people to see us. Um, yes. Tweet, tweet about the podcast, rate us, rate us on your podcast app or yeah. whatever you use to listen to your if, podcast. If you told one person to listen to us, they might, um, they might do it and then they might actually tell another person. Yeah. But if you told 10 people, if you told a hundred people to listen to us. Then I would just be very impressed. Then it's a movement. Then <laughs> it's a movement. <laughs> it's the next session movement. Uh, so anyway, I'm Adam Johns. And I'm Alyssa Johns. So tune in next time so that we can help you plan your next session. <laughs>